0: All right, let's turn to Colossians chapter 1. (coughs) Colossians chapter 1 in the Word of God. Colossians chapter 1. And we'll read verses 15 through 19. Verses 15 through 19. (coughs) Say this. Of course, talking about Christ, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. Verse 20, And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven." Colossians 1, 15 through 19. Let's pray again. Father, again, Lord, we just praise you and glory in you. And Lord, you're just so wonderful. And Lord, we thank you for that great love, Lord, uh, that uh, Lord, you're you're always with us. You're always loving us. You're always caring about us. You're always watching over us. You're always there ready to hear uh, our cry. And Lord God, we're glad not only that you're able, but you're willing. Lord, I thank you for the faithfulness of your people. Those that are here, uh, those that are listening, Lord, we think about the, the prayer request tonight, Lord, uh, just uh, <coughs> thinking of a Sunny, Lord, we need a miracle there. We're asking God just to give guidance and wisdom. And uh, <coughs> Lord, uh, Sister Karen on Friday with her hand, Lord, thank you for... Uh, working things out for her home and help that to go uh, smoothly on Friday. And Lord, we think of uh, those that are traveling. Lord, my daughter Sharon and Renata is there uh, traveling, and uh, Joel as he's in school. And Lord, no doubt there's many uh, needs upon the heart. No doubt there's unspoken. But Lord, I'm glad you know those needs. Lord, we think of things that uh, Brother Joseph mentioned. Lord, I'm glad. Lord, even coworkers. Lord, we can let them know that we care about them, and we can show that care by remembering them in prayer. And uh, so, Lord, uh, help us now, we pray, through your word, in Jesus' name, amen. So we look at the book of uh, Colossians, and who, who knows who the uh, pastor of, who was the pastor of this local church? Anybody know? Yes, sir. No, sir. Starts with a E. E. Not Eric. Oh, I, E. Somebody say it. Epaphras, right. Epaphras was the pastor of this local church. And, of course, uh, had Paul ever preached there? Had Paul ever preached there? No, he had not preached there. And, of course, in here, he's talking about the, uh, what he's dealing with here. Of course, you know about the Gnostics. And, uh, and in the Gnostics here in Colossae had claimed that God made the world through a series of emanations from himself. Now, what does that mean to emanate? just simply means the act of proceeding from or flowing from or uh, to issue from a a source. And so, of course, God being the source and that everything proceeded from him. And, of course, we know everything proceeded from God, but that's not in the way they meant it. But where the real error was is they thought that included Christ, right? That, you know, there was one God and just, you know, uh, Christ was just, you know, someone that uh, uh, had come from, from God, so Paul, of course, in this book and other places, asserts that Christ is not just an uh, emanation from God; He is God Himself. And so he makes that very strongly in this doctrinal book. And as we look at some verses here in chapter one, and uh, the, this chapter, of course, deals with Christ's deity, as we see His deity, His sufficiency, His preeminence, and that He is all in all. And so, Colossians speaks of the fullness of Christ and then our fullness in Christ, which is a wonderful thing. So, look again, we'll just highlight these verses. In verse 15, notice again this statement talking about Christ, who is the image, the image of the invisible God. And of course, uh, one thing that Christ never backed down from was his deity. Right, he made you know if people paid attention, uh, not just through you know. Of course, they should tell through his actions, the miracles he did, but simply in his person, he was uh, not uh, afraid or didn't back away from letting people know that he understood uh, who he was, that he was Emmanuel, uh, God in the flesh. Matter of fact, he said this to Philip in John fourteen nine. He said, "Jesus saith in him." Have you been so long time? Have I been so long time with you and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? Boy, now let's look at that question again. Have I been so long time with you and yet hast thou not known me? Well, I wonder if uh, he's ever felt like saying that to us (laughs) or has he ever said it to us? You mean, listen, you've been saved this long and you still don't understand who I am. You've been saved this long. And yet, that's all uh, that, you, that you know about me. Now, when we think about Jesus, God in the flesh, uh, here's a good illustration. Turn over to John 19. John 19. I, 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 I like this thought. John 19. And uh, look at verse 23 of John 19. Uh, I think see a good illustration here. Of, of Christ being God and man, Christ being God and man. It says this in John 19, 23. Of course, uh, uh, Christ, you know, uh, at, at Calvary, it says, Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart. And notice this, and now also his coat. And notice what it says about his coat. Now the coat was without seam. Now the coat was without seam, woven from top throughout. Now think about that thought. (laughs) Something woven without seam. Well, you know things about when you sew things. What do you know? Well, when when a seam, what does a seam show? It shows either what a starting point or a finishing point, right? You know yeah. Got a a pair of pants, there's a seam there, or when two things are sewn together, you see a a seam, so you can see where they come together, where one ends and one one starts. So, a seam shows you a starting point or finishing point. So, without a seam, what is it hard to distinguish? It's hard to distinguish, hey, where does this thing start? Where does this thing finish? Right? So, it's hard to distinguish a starting point or a finishing point. Well, Christ was the God-man, unless we could say it this way. He was the God-man without seam, <laughs> without a seam, if you will. His deity and his humanity, sort of like his garment, were woven together without a seam. You could not tell where deity or humanity began or ended. He was complete, whole from top uh, throughout and. uh So uh, a, a, a a good illustration there. And so Hebrews 1, 2, and 3 say this. Hath in these last days, talking about Jesus, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, and here it is in Hebrews 1, 3, and the express image. Now, uh, Colossians 1.15 said, who is the image of the invisible God. In Hebrews 1.3, it says, the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So in verse 3 of Hebrews 1, you see where it says that thought express image. And here's what that thought means. This means they, this when this word was used, it meant this. this. The impression with its particular features, right, was considered as the exact representation of the object whose image it bore. So think about it again. The impression with its particular features was considered as the exact representation of of the object whose image it bore. And of course, that explains Jesus Christ, right? He was the exact representation of God. Of course, referring to Jesus Christ, he is here described as the exact image, the exact representation of God's essence. Whatever the divine essence is, Jesus is to be, is said to be its perfect expression, right? of course, in human form. We see this in Philippians 2, 6 and 7. It says this, talking about, again, Jesus, who being in the form of God, even in human form, he was in the form of God, thought it not be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So we see here in this verse, Christ is was the living communication to mankind of God, right? To see Him was to see God. To see Him was to see uh, the Father. And so what a a wonderful uh, thought and so much is packed into that that verse. Now in these next verses, right, when you go through verses, you want to see a pattern or something you pick up. And uh, let's just read verses 16 through nine and see if you notice uh, what, what is constantly repeated. For by Him were... and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him i say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven all right anybody pick up a phrase there brother mark he's so good right right <laughs> Just, right all things not that I tried to emphasize it or anything, but uh, all right, <laughs> all things. So again, Colossians one sees for by him were all things created, and that is a, a wonderful thing. He created them, right? And that's the thing that that's what we got to remember. They are created. They are created. So the only eternal thing that exists, of course, is God Himself. Everything else, right? outside of God, exists simply because He allowed it to. He just allows it to uh, exist. And uh, uh, everything exists, right, by the grace of God. And according to notice in this verse 16, it mentions, among other things, principalities or powers. And you see those words, principalities and powers, mentioned often or, or throughout, of course, uh, the New Testament, of course, you see principalities and powers mentioned in Ephesians 6:12, right? That's what we wrestle against. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities and against powers. And who created principalities and powers or allows them to exist? Jesus Christ created and what we wrestle? These things that we wrestle against, remember this, were created by our Savior. So, we wrestle against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, anybody been in a wrestling match recently? (laughs) Anybody been in a wrestling? Yeah, right. Some of you probably feel like you're often in a wrestling match. So, remember this. When you are in a wrestling match, what you're wrestling against is not all-powerful. It was created... By God, by Jesus Christ, by your Savior. They are created beings, created things. Therefore what? They are limited in their power. They are limited in their power. God is the only omnipotent, the only all-powerful thing that exists is God Himself. And everything that else that exists was created by Him came from Him, and therefore it is limited. It is limited. Right. And so remember this, the one that created these things for wrestling is on your side. Right? I don't know if you remember. Uh, I don't know if it, how it is in wrestling day. I don't watch anymore, but I remember, you know, tag teams. Right. Tag teams. Right. It, it felt like if one of the people felt like their opponent was getting them. Right. They tried to reach their. They tried to reach the guy on the name and tag him. And if they tagged him. Right. Then uh, he could jump in and take over right? So that's why it's important to stay close to Jesus. Amen. (laughs) So when you're in that wrestling match, right? Quick, Lord, take over. Amen. Quick, Lord, take over. I can't handle this. Amen. And that's what he wants you to do. He is glad. Amen. He is glad to be your partner in life. He's glad when you say, Lord, well, you know, right? Uh, Well, I think today, what, what do they tap out? Well, back then, you don't have to tap out. You just tapped your partner. He jumped in and helped you out. So, hey, when you're in that wrestling match, life seems like it's getting the best of you. Amen. Lord. Amen. Take over. You 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 can handle this. You're the all powerful one. And not only that, remember, he created them. But Colossians 2.15 says this about them. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Colossians 2.15. So that word spoiled means this to strip of authority and power. Not only is their power limited, but when he through his death, burial and resurrection, he took their power and authority. And so they have already been defeated. And that's what we need to remember. Sure, we're in a battle, but we're not what trying to gain victory. And that's what happens. We think, man, I got to we use that term. I got to get victory over this thing. Well, really, you don't have to get victory over that thing. You realize there's nothing that you have to get victory over. You have victory over it. You just need to claim that victory. Amen. And uh, uh, live in the truth of that victory. So we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting for victory. And that's the thing. We think, oh, if I could just get victory over this. See, really, that's. I don't think that's biblical. It's what? We have the victory. He's, he's taken the authority over that thing. We have victory over sin. We have victory over principalities and powers. We have uh, uh, power over the spiritual wickedness in high places. We just need to, right, uh, uh, get that proper biblical thinking, right, in our mind that, hey, no, I'm not getting victory over this. I have victory. Amen. I just need to, to claim that, amen, and uh, appreciate it in Christ Jesus. So he's, he created them. He's spoiled them. And then 1 Peter three twenty two says this, who has gone into heaven, talking about Jesus, and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. So he created them, he defeated them, and you know what? They are subject to him. Subject means what? Well, to place under the authority, to subjugate, under the submission. They are under the authority of Jesus Christ, these things. They must submit to the authority of Christ. He decides. He decides how far they go. He decides what they can get away with in your life. Just like in Job, right? The first time the devil comes to him, he says, all right, but... This is where you draw the line, buddy. And then he came back again, and uh, the Lord, you know, uh, 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 move the line. Lord, please don't move the line anymore. I feel like praying that. All right, Lord, you, you told he can, he can get away with this much, right? Please don't move the line anymore, right? Uh, probably feel that way, but here he decides that where the line is drawn. And so uh, we need to realize that he created those things, he, he, he defeated those things, and those things are subject to him, right? To his authority, and so that is why we can have verses, great verses of victory, like we read about in Romans eight. Right? We all know Romans eight thirty-seven through thirty-nine. Now, in all these things, what we are more than what conquerors? Not we. Not we will be more than conquerors. Oh man, can't wait to get to heaven when we have victory over all these things. When we're con- no, we are conquerors. We like again. We already have the victory. We are more, and that's the mindset we need to have as believers. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that what neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, there it is, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. You know, that we sing that song, I don't know about tomorrow. Well, that's right. We don't have to know about tomorrow, nor things to come, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other Creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So thank the Lord for that truth. Verse sixteen: All things were created by Him. All those thrones, dominions, powers, principalities—right created. And here's the great thing: and for Him, and for Him. Well, I like this verse. Revelations four eleven. Why were why were you created? Well, Revelations four eleven. Why were those things created? Even though we don't understand all. Revelations four eleven says this a wonderful verse. Thou art worthy, O Lord. And I say, no matter what happened in your life, He's worthy. Amen. I was talking to, I was oh uh, a a dear friend of mine. I mean, one of the most precious ladies, precious Christians uh, I know uh, called me today. All right, and uh, shared a, a great burden with me to pray about. Amen. Shared a great burden to pray about. And, uh, you know, and uh, we sort of, despite what was uh, 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 this, this great burden uh, that happened, right, we were, we were, we were still able to shout it out on the phone, man. I mean, she just loves God. And uh, uh, she's, what, something years old. You, well, you've heard me talk about the one in Louisiana. I mean, that woman just loves God. And I mean, how she's, I could spend the rest of the time talking about what, what that poor lady's uh, been through. But we just talked about, listen, it doesn't matter what's going on because of who he is. Because of who he is. That's why he's worthy. He's not worthy because everything's going right in your life. He's not worthy because, you know, everything's good. He's worthy because of who he is. And so no matter what, amen, we can get up in the morning, we can lift our hands and say, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things. There it is again. He's the creator. And why? For thy pleasure they are and were created. Amen. For his honor, his glory, his power. Praise. And so he created all things. And it goes on and says verse 7, and he's before all things. He's before all things. You know, sometimes people ask the big questions of the universe, you know, where, you know, where did all of this come from? Why are we here? And, you know, what you know before there was a universe? What was there? You know, that's not the you know, when you hear somebody say that, well, I wonder what there was before all this universe existed, right? Well, you say, wrong answer. It's not what existed before this universe, it's Who existed, (laughs) right? That's what you need to tell your children. Hey, mommy and daddy, wow, that big old universe. uh, What what was there before there was all this stuff? Well, it's not what was there, it's who was there, Jesus. Jesus was there before all this stuff because all this stuff came from him. That's, That's the question. The question, again, is not what existed before the universe, but who existed. And of course, the answer to that is Jesus. And he wasn't afraid to declare that. Right. When the Pharisees came up to him and said, what are you talking about, Abraham? Why I, you're not yet 50. Right. You're not even out of your youth. Right. <laughs> all right. He said, what did he say before Abraham was? I am. I am. Right. So he was before all things. So, you know, of course, we don't believe the universe is billions and billions of years old. Right. This, this universe didn't exist billions of years ago. But Jesus did. If we could use time. Jesus existed billions and billions. Of years. He's, he's the only thing that existed that long ago, right? Even though there wasn't uh, time, he, he started all that, but he was before that, and he'll be after that, right? When we step into eternity. And so it goes on in verse 7, right? He was before all things, and by him all things consist. Boy, this is, this is a verse worth highlighting. What does that mean, Consist. Somebody know what that word means? What does that mean when it says all things consist? Right? It means held together. Right? He he he. However long ago he created these things? Right? Uh, six seven thousand years ago? Right? He 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 threw them out there, and why is it? Why is the sun still in place? You know, why, you know, why can we set our clock? You know, why, why can they predict, you know, when this meteor is going to come or when this is going to come again or when we're going to have a quarter? Why? Because why? why is there such precision? Because of Jesus Christ. He keeps everything. He put it there and he keeps it in place. And so think about that. Everything is held together and stays in place because of Jesus Christ. They exist and they subsist by the power of God through Jesus. They came to be and continue to be by Christ. 2 Peter 3.7 says this, But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, if you look at verse 5 above there in 3.7, right, were created by the word, and by that same word, look at this, are kept in store. Now, of course, this is talking about reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly. And of course, it's talking about this earth, this, right, uh, until God does that, is kept in store. But everything is kept in store by Jesus Christ. Everything around us is held together by Jesus Christ. So remember that when you feel like life is falling apart, remember, everything is held together by Jesus Christ. And so, you know what? Can I say this? Christ is able to hold you together. (laughs) If he can hold all this together, no matter what you're going through, he can hold you together Right? I know life sometimes it feels like it's. I'm being pulled in every direction. <laughs> Lord, yeah, I need you to hold me together today. Lord, if you don't hold me together today, I don't know if I'm going to make it through the day. And so that's a good verse. Lord, man, you're, you're keeping that sun. You're keeping those stars. You're keeping those planets in place. You're holding all this together. And boy, I wish you'd use some of that same power on me today and help me to stay together as I try to get through my day. Christ is able to hold you together. Again, verse 18, and he is the head of the body of the church, which is the beginning, the first uh, born from the dead. Why? That again, in all things, He created all things. He was before all things. By him, for Him, all things exist. And by Him, all things consist. And that's why He's worthy to have the preeminence in all things. That means uh, uh, first place, priority in time and dignity, right? Presidents, Christ. He, right, not only should he have the preeminence in all things uh, that exist, but in our life, we need to make sure he has the preeminence. Trying to hurry here. Verse 19. Why? For it pleased the Father. And boy, that's what matters. What pleases the Father. And one thing that pleased the Father was this. (coughs) That in him, that in Jesus, should all be fullness dwell. He's the image of God, right? Not only is He the image of God, but all the fullness of God dwells in Jesus Christ. And that that pleases the Father. Boy, children, I mean, just, just think about it as a parent, right? Don't you like to pass things on to your children? Amen? Don't you like to give things? You say, listen, you know, my beloved son, I want all the fullness of God to dwell in Him. Him, it pleased the Father that it all. Think about fullness. Uh, fullness. Well, what do you prefer? Do you prefer fullness or emptiness? <laughs> right. Full, I mean, hey, uh, I don't know about you, man. When I when uh, when I when I open the refrigerator, I like fullness. Right. All right. Uh, in, in, in 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 your bank account, do you prefer fullness or emptiness? Right. We'd all we'd all like to have fullness. <laughs> right. We'd all like to have fullness in our relationships. Right. We want fullness in our heart. Right. We want fullness in our life. We want fullness. Well, how much more in our Savior? Well, in our Savior, we do have fullness. And this fullness has to do with this. All the divine excellence of God, the fullness of divine attributes, the fullness of merit, the fullness of righteousness, of strength and grace, among other things. The fullness of the Godhead in Christ, of course, as we'll see here in a moment, is the foundation of of the reconciliation that we have in Christ. You see, Christ did a lot of things for us, right? A lot of things were done by Christ, but what is done by Christ is simply an extension of what is in Christ, right? Because everything is in Christ. The fullness of God is in Christ. And uh, there's a lot of verses that mentioned about the fullness of Christ and the fullness of God. Just let me give you a couple. John 1.16 says this, and of His fullness. Now think about that. Christ is the fullness of God. And you know what happened when you got saved? You got in on that. John 1.16, and of His fullness have all we received and grace for grace. That's where all that grace that saved you and all the grace that's keeping you saved and all the grace that helps you when you're going through something, all that grace, amen, flows from Jesus Christ. <laughs> he is, he's, that's just, he's full of grace. Ephesians 3, 19. And what? To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Why? That ye might be filled. That's you. That's me. With what? Well, we know we're supposed to be full of the Holy Spirit, but you know what else he wants us to be filled of? The fullness of God. Right. Christ is what? The fullness of God. It's in him. And well, you're saved. Where's Christ? Well, he's in me. So you know what I should in me? The fullness of God. So all those wonderful things that are in Christ Jesus, you know what? They're in me right? We think, oh, man, if I if I could, man, if I can just, you know, the lady said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, right? We oh man, if I can just touch the horns of the altar when I pray. Well, man, if you can just touch your own heart, that's where he is, right? Amen. And uh, a little to God and just say, God, I need that, that fullness in there. Amen. I need to feel that flowing today to help me out. Whatever is in Christ, God wants to be in you. So when you read about all those Wonderful things that are in Christ. Think, wow, he put those in Christ, then he put Christ in me. What a wonderful thing that is. So whatever you need for time and eternity can be found in Jesus Christ. In him, there is an abundance of anything and everything we need as believers. Every grace that's needed through life. When needed, under all conditions, can be found in Christ. Find in Jesus. What do you need? Knowledge, faith, purity, hope, comfort, strength. All you need, right, is found in Christ. Let's finish with verse 20. It says this, and, th- and what did he do? And having made peace through the blood of his cross. What a wonderful thing. One thing we have is we have Peace through the cross of Christ. But here's, here's a, you know, let's look at this verse just for a second. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him, look at this, to reconcile all things. Now, think about this. <clears throat> he created all things. Right. He created those principalities and powers that are now fighting against us. And it says he created all things and by him all things exist and by him all things were created for his pleasure, right? And, and he allowed all these things. But here it says, he reconciled all these things, right? He brought peace through the blood of his cross. You realize through the blood of his cross, God has peace with all things. God has peace. Now we have, right? We get saved, we get the peace of God. But you know, he has peace even with his, Enemies, even with all those things fighting against, because you know what? There's different types of peace. You see, there is the peace of victory, but there's also the peace of defeat. (laughs) Right? There's the peace of victory and there's the peace of defeat. Well, example, World War II. Right? Right? America and Britain. Right? Oh, we've got peace. Right? We've got peace. America and Britain. But you know what? Germany and Japan also had peace. But you see, we knew the peace of victory. They knew the peace of defeat. You see, through peace of victory, you've won. There's no longer a need to fight. We don't have to fight anymore. We've won. We've got peace. That's the peace that we celebrated. But you see, they had the peace of defeat. What is that? You've lost. You no longer can fight. (laughs) So you you have to submit to the one that won, right? And so you see, they have the peace of defeat in the sense, right, they've lost they know God's taken the power from them. They have to submit, right, to that peace of victory through Jesus Christ. So praise God, we have the peace of victory. We've won. We no longer need to fight. And you know what? They no longer can fight when up against the power of Jesus Christ. So it says there, By him he's reconciled all things unto himself. And by him I say whether it be things in earth or things in heaven. And so one day, that's why he's the Prince of Peace. So as we've seen, as we finish up, in these great verses reveal much about Christ. And what have we seen about Christ? Just a few things. He's the communication of God, right? God communicates through him. He's the completeness of God. All you need to know about God is in Jesus Christ. He's the continualness of God. He's the eternal God, the one that was and is and ever shall be. And we saw this, that word, all things. He's the maker of it all. He's the master of it all. It all has to submit to Him. He's the maintenance of it all. He takes care of it all, right? And He'll take care of you. He is the mission of it all because it's all for Him and for His good pleasure, right? And what? That is why He is all we need, Jesus Christ.